1: 5th, 2023. Greetings on behalf of our pastor, Reverend Dr. Millicent Black. Welcome to Refuge from the Storm Church, a ministry of hope, encouragement, and purpose. We seek to serve treasured individuals in North America and around the world. To our regular members, our new listeners and guests, thank you for spending a portion of your Saturday with us. Your presence is very important to us, and thank you for coming. We pray that something that is said or done today will encourage you. Draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and God will exalt you. Remember, God is fighting your battles, arranging things in your favor, making a way even when we don't see it. Our serving team today is Brother Bob Pierce, Our Zoom moderator, Sister Sharon Taylor, has selected the music and is our minister of music. Pastor Millicent will deliver the preached word. Sister Greta Ayers will offer the invitation to discipleship. And I, Carolyn Cunningham, will serve as your worship leader. Today, as it is the first Saturday of the month, we will be offering the Lord's Supper or Holy Communion. So sometime before we arrive at that point in the service, please gather your elements of a piece of bread or cracker or host and water, juice, or wine, Pastor Millicent will offer Holy Communion today. We ask all of you on this call to pray in your daily prayers for Refuge from the Storm Church members, the Worldwide Church our families, and friends, PIs around the world, advocacy and activist groups, the loved ones of those who've died from targeting. Pray for all government officials to be moved by the Holy Spirit to discern the will of God. Do it and not do their will. Please pray for world peace, the worldwide climate crisis, all refugees, particularly Haitian and African who have suffered extreme abuses in their countries, and also in the countries where they're trying to reach. Pray for all victims of gun violence, stabbings, and all violence in their families. Pray for all children, especially the missing and trafficked. Pray for TIs who've had their children taken away unjustly by an unjust court system. Pray for the unhoused, both targeted and untargeted to obtain housing that will help them to have peace without satanic frequencies harming them. Thank you for your attention. Now let us listen to a praise and worship song, which I will sing today. After that, I will lead you through the rest of the worship service. As a friendly reminder, please mute your phone if there's any background noise where you are by pressing star six and be blessed. Amen.
0: I am wearing too many hats this afternoon, and so I have been playing music and recording and forgetting to unrecord, and here we are this afternoon on this first Saturday of the month of November together, determined to praise God no matter what. I like what Sister Gargi says on her call. and She says we want to push through the pain and that's what we do. We, we do it day after day and week after week, month after month and year after year. We ignore our our suffering and lay aside the distractions and we pay attention to our love for God and for his love for us. And because of that, we come to these services each week to be encouraged and to worship the most high God. Now, he's the one from whom our strength comes. He's the one who gives us the grace to face today, tomorrow, and the days to come. I give honor to God, to Jesus our Savior, and to the Holy Spirit, our teacher and our helper. I also welcome you and thank you for your presence on this another first Saturday. We're walking into the month of thanksgiving the month of the beginning of the advent and then on into the Christmas season. But speaking of the season of Thanksgiving, two events are happening in this month that I want you to put on your calendars. November 17th and 18th, that's a Friday evening on a Saturday, are the days planned for a spiritual enrichment retreat for the TI community and is sponsored by our church. Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, we're having a preacher, uh, Sister Larissa Parker, Minister Larissa Parker, who is going to speak to us on our theme for the weekend, Strength for the Struggle. uh, Our theme scripture is coming from 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And it reads, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Now, because I got the theme for this retreat, I also got the early testing of finding out if God's grace really is sufficient. This has been a week and a week and a week. And then on on Saturday, the 18th, our sessions will begin at 2 p.m. Eastern time with Sister Tammy Robinson speaking on Staying Focused in a World of Distractions following Sister Tammy will be Sister Nancy Allen Dunnigan, who is also a member of the T.I. community, and she will facilitate an interactive discussion. That'll be of all of us who are in attendance. And the uh, focus will be on victories and the blessings. We are often reminded, and sometimes we we spend too much, I spend too much time talking about the harassment, but Sister Nancy is going to going to lead us in focusing on victories and the blessings. That's November 17th and 18th. Put it on your calendar and plan to be in attendance. And then on November 29th, which is my birthday, uh, is our regular Fifth Wednesday community-wide prayer for justice service. And that is held on targeted Massachusetts conference call. Starting next year, we'll probably be moving back to the to our church Zoom call. But for now, we're going to just finish off the year on talking to Massachusetts. Now, it's always appropriate to say thank you to the ministry team. And I never want to miss an opportunity because I'm aware that I can't carry out these services by myself. I can't fulfill the obligations of the church administrative tasks without help. In fact, I need you to make it through this time. And so I want to say thank you to the associate ministers. That's Minister Rochelle, Elder Carolyn, and the Wilsons, Pastor Pamela and Terrence. I say much obliged to the Bible study leaders. That's again, it's Minister Rochelle. And coming up in the this month, Will be also Sister Lonnie uh, Washington. And then to our worship coordinators, who Sister Sharon Taylor has stepped in to fill in for uh Sister Helena Thompson, who is recovering from uh from some treatments that she's been going through. And then our Zoom coordinator, Brother Bob Pierce, has been very, very valuable in also filling in as um uh, as playing our our worship music, as well as coordinating our Zoom call. We have our advisors. Those are the people who help us to carry out the business of the church to make wise, godly decisions and to make sure that we are running in as efficient a manner as possible. Uh, Our chairman is is Minister Myra Buchanan. Our assistant chairman is, is Reverend Dr. Linda Johnson. Then we have Sister Georgina Porter-Wilson and Reverend Dr. Carmen Cruz. They are making up our advisory board. And then we have our talented and very, very, very important administrative assistant, Sister Sharon Taylor, who carries out the administrative duties for the church each week. I want to personally thank each of you for agreeing to be a part of what God is doing in this hour. We live all across the United States, from California to Washington State, from Ohio to, and Kentucky to Tennessee and, t- and Texas, and you would not know that we are working together by God's grace. And I also want to add to our, our, um, our ministry team, Sister Greta Ayers, who also lives in, in Texas, but she carries out the most important task of any church service. And that's the invitation to discipleship or to join the family of God. Now as we turn to our scripture for the afternoon, and I want you all to know it's been a struggle. It's been a struggle. I went to the walk-in clinic on this past Tuesday because I had some cold sores that had appeared on my face. And I uh, they were staying longer than I wanted them to stay. And they were getting kind of p- painful. And so I went to the walk-in clinic to uh get some help there and they they did some some tests and some swabs and she wanted to know how long I'd had that uh allergy attack is what I called it and I told them about 10 days and she came in and said well you've got COVID and strep throat and I said oh but my throat isn't hurting, and my throat wasn't hurting, and gratefully by, by the time I got to the clinic, it was 10 days since the beginning of whatever that stuff was, and yet I'm reminded that COVID is a is just a common cold. They don't call it COVID-19, then it's just a common cold. Nevertheless, I've gotten through much of that and is feeling much better, except, except for the other challenges. However, God is still good, and that's why great Is thy faithfulness was so important for me to, to hear today is in grief and in gladness. So great is God's faithfulness. But our scripture is coming from John chapter six, verses 38 through 40. I'll be reading from the King James Version, and it reads, For I came down from heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which has sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I shall lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we give you thanks and praise. We do indeed join uh, Crystal Gale in singing in grace and in glory, in grief and in glory. So great is thy faithfulness. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you, God, for bringing us through every day and, and through the night and into a brand new day. We thank you for every batch of new mercies, God, that we walk into the day carrying. We thank you, Father God, for giving us the right portion of faith each day, God, that we need to make it through the day. We thank you, Lord, for not leaving us alone when we don't know what to do or which way to turn. God, thank you for staying right with us and continuing to hold us up, oh God, when our faith is weak, when we seem to stumble, oh God, over the challenges of the day we give you glory and praise and honor father god that we like jesus christ desire to do your will we thank you father that you're able to shape us and mold us oh god to make us what you would have us to be thank you father for overriding the plans of the adversary and not allowing us to go in the wrong direction oh god i give you glory and praise today for your word asking oh god that you will speak through me father anoint us all afresh and anew give us all ears to hear what the spirit is saying to the church and then god help us to be glad in the joy of our salvation help us to be glad that jesus came that jesus lived among us and that jesus died and rose again help us oh god to be so thankful father god that because he rose again and then rose to heaven and is now seated at the right hand of You, the father, we have eternal life, everlasting life is what Jesus came into the earth that he might see to it that men, women, boys and girls would have as we come to believe in him. And so, God, today, I pray for many, many, many souls to come to Jesus Christ. I pray, Father, that in this targeted community, wherever there are those who are foundering in their faith, some God don't have faith in anything or anyone. Some have faith in the wrong one. So, God, we're praying today that you would turn each one to the right direction. Cause each one, O God, to see the cross. And Jesus, who arose from the dead after coming, after going through the cross. God, we thank you now for blessing your word. In Jesus' name, amen. For the title of the message I have this afternoon, The Father's Will, The Father's will. When I was in Women of Glow, and that's a Christian, uh, international Christian women's group, one of my Glow sisters had a a little prayer that she would pray. And I latched on to it. And as the high tech torture began in 2003, I began to pray it all the more because I understood that there were some unknown forces that were wanting to change my will. They were wanting to cause me to go in the wrong direction or to walk away from God altogether. And so I began to pray this little prayer just as Lynn did. Father, I bind my will to your will. I will to will your will, and I'm willing to be made willing to will your will. And then I found a a little card, an encouragement card at the Christian bookstore years later. And it was in agreement with that little prayer. And it says, it's your will, nothing less and nothing else that I will this day. In Jesus' name, amen. When we think of doing the will of another, we can envision matching wits with a child when we're trying to get that child to do the right thing. Nothing is like a strong-willed little person on the earth. You know, the ones that you'll say sit down and they want to get up and walk around and stand up and those who you'll say it's time to go to bed and they'll get in bed and start to play with the covers or sing songs or anything other than to go to sleep. Those little ones who like to exert their will as they're learning that they have power. And so you might say go in and play with the toys and they may come in to decide they're going to lay in the dishwater instead. All kinds of things happen when we match wits with a little person. I love to listen to some of the sermons that were preached at our doctoral intensives at United Theological Seminary and one of our chapel speakers told the story of his four-year-old son. I've shared this before. He talked about how that the son would come and get the remote control so that he could change channels on his dad. And that particular day, the dad was all into a football game. And then comes the little tyke picking up the remote control and begins to change the channels. Well, the bishop said he snatched the remote from the child and and, and put the channel back on the football game. And the child was beginning to have a fit, but the bishop felt satisfied. And so he sat back and watched the game some more. But then he said his wife got on the child's side and Told him to leave the little fellow alone, and so the bishop felt outnumbered. But then he said, I knew I, I got the idea. And he said, I snatched that remote and said, He'll let me see it. He says, and turned his back on the child and the mother, took the batteries out of the remote control, turned around, gave the remote back to the child, and then the dad says he sat down and watched the rest of the game. Little did the little boy know that his dad had taken the batteries out, and so. He no longer had control, not just over the game, but also over his mom and over his dad. Because he was controlling his mom's emotions, trying to protect the child and the dad's emotions were being overrun by his frustration at missing the game. So this was a battle of wheels with the danger of a child winning except the father was able to maintain control. And so we live in God's world. And I'm telling y'all, we're in a match of the wheels. It's the wheels of the perpetrators and the deep state and whatever else they want to call them against the will of the father who lives in heaven. And right now the remote control is in the hands of the perpetrators and the deep state and those who are against our father God. And yet Jesus said in the scripture that he came to do the will of the father. And Jesus is no longer in the earth, except the Holy Spirit is here and he's here in us. And so our task is to pray the will of the father in the earth. I heard just a few weeks ago, as I listened to a preacher, he says, pray more and ask God, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Lord, send more of your will into the earth. And that's what we do. That's what I've been doing ever since, asking God to send more of his will into the earth. Except we still have to understand, if the father wasn't in control, it would be much worse than this. So how might God feel when he gives us instructions time after time and we don't listen, we half listen? Or we tell him that we'll ask him for his advice when we need it. The children of Israel were like this that all the time, free will is something that God says He will not take away from His children. It can be the best thing since sliced bread when we need to get difficult tasks accomplished. I'm talking about will. You know how you have to stick to it in passing the class and making a garment or making a cake or sometimes even dinner amid distractions and frustrations and things that can happen and crop up, phone ringing. It takes a will, a strong will sometimes to stay at the task at hand until completion. Even fixing anything around the house for the men, it takes a will to determine to get this thing completed. However, a strong will can be the worst thing In the world when we are trying to infringe our desires on someone else, in trying to make them do what we want them to. Take, for instance, stopping a husband and a wife from cheating on one another or making our children obey when it comes to not drinking or doing drugs. Even as teenagers, it's difficult to override the will of another. However, today, the state and Department of Education are in the, I wouldn't say in the business, but they are practicing helping children to ignore the will of their parents. Young people are being assisted in defiance, even against the will of God. The results of man being allowed to exercise his will are documented over and over in the Bible. Take Adam and Eve, for example. God says you can have anything in this garden but the fruit from one tree. That was the tree that the serpent drew Eve to, and Adam did not stop Eve from eating the fruit, nor did Adam stop himself. So disaster occurred. God sent them both from the garden, gave Eve pain and childbirth, and made Adam toil the land for food. From that point on, free will has gotten us into trouble. But God did not withdraw our freedom to choose. I read that one important action that God will destroy man for today is that man overrides the free will of man. God won't even allow himself to do this. Israel filed on Gaza and somehow Hamas is attacking Israel. Is that the will of man or is that the manipulation of the God of this age? in any event someone's will is involved. Now the word will, W-I-L-L, have several meanings, but the one most important to us today is the mental faculty which one deliberately chooses or decides upon a a course of action. Other meanings could define when dealing with man deliberate intention, or free discretion. Then there is the meaning that we dread to hear about when one forces his or her will upon another. That kind of will means to induce or try to induce by sheer force, aka rape, robbery at gunpoint, by threats to harm a loved one. There are other ways to override another's will, like hypnosis. Paul says it this way, the God of this age has blinded the mind. Military weapons called neural weapons, torture, and terrorism all seek to induce obedience by overriding the will of another. If you were to ask Jesus why he came to earth, he would give you answers like these to make the Father known to those He gave me out of the world. Jesus told the world about God and his power. And by the miracles that Jesus made the world to know that he was sent from God. The Apostle Paul told us that we should imitate Jesus who made himself of no reputation, took on the form of a bondservant and came to earth in the likeness of men. That means he came to earth as a baby, born in a stable, to lowly parents. And though he didn't have to, Jesus humbled himself in the Garden of Gethsemane and became obedient to the point of the cross. Jesus expressed his urgency to use his time on earth wisely by saying, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. The day is the time we have right now, not tomorrow, not next week or next month. That's not promised to us. Day means in the years of your ability to move about without assistance, while you have good health. Day also means while the blood is still running warm in your veins. Night could be after you're too old to be of any real good, or when there's no quality time left to be of service. You all may not believe it, but I'm telling you, we're at dusk dawn right now, at at, at dusk in the evening right now. Night is fast approaching. The time is coming when we won't be able to do much. We won't be able to tell others about Jesus. And so while we have time, While there's still enough light in the world, we need to be telling everybody we know about Jesus. We need to be making sure that those who are sitting on the side of the road hears about Jesus. It's not a shame to talk about Jesus in the grocery store. It's surely appropriate to encourage one another in church and in conversation about Jesus because he's coming. And the night is surely fast approaching. Jesus was not deterred by man or the devil in doing the will of his father. And our challenge is to do the same, to imitate Jesus, to not think of ourselves, but to think about the to think about the mission in this world. Believe it or not, we were born for the same reason as Jesus to tell the world about Jesus, to point them to Jesus that Jesus can point them to the Father. That's the Father's will. Then we come to the pericope for today's message. Verse 38 reads, Because I have come down from heaven to do not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And it is the will of him who sent me that I should not lose any of all those he has given me, but that I should raise them all to life on the last day. Jesus specifically speaks of the will of him who sent him. That's God the Father. Jesus assured us that the Father was busy in heaven while Jesus was busy here on earth. So what's the Father doing? He's causing men and women to believe through the miracles that Jesus performs. Jesus said he only did what he saw his father do, and he only said what he heard his father say. What was Jesus doing that caused others to believe in the Father and that the Father had sent him? Well, Jesus healed the sick. Have you prayed for anyone lately that was sick? Jesus gave sight to the blind and he made the dumb to talk. Jesus went about and he wasn't afraid or intimidated to cast out demons. And Jesus raised the dead. Then we heard that Jesus fed 5,000 with two fish and five loaves of bread and had some food left over. And Jesus went about calming the storms and the sea and walking on water. And believe it or not, Jesus is still calming storms in our lives. He's still calming the seas that dare to rise up against us. And because of all that Jesus did, the masses believed. If Jesus is doing all of this, what is God's will concerning you and me? The Great Commission gave the command to make disciples, baptize them and teach them about God. Our assignment is the same as Jesus's, to cause others to know the Father and the Son. The will of the Father is that we love each other and help each other to know him. I like the word song, it's just a little chorus, and it says to be like Jesus, to be like Jesus, how I want to be like him. Meek and lowly, humble and holy, how I want to be like him. Most importantly, Jesus placed the Father's will above his own. From Gethsemane, Jesus went through the judgment halls and then to the cross. Whatever Jesus went through, Jesus kept the salvation of the lost as the uppermost important task to be accomplished. He did not forget the will of the Father that the world through Jesus might be saved. And so as we take up the cross, as we stand and point people to Jesus, we have to follow in his footsteps, determined that the world will know Jesus us there was a, a, a song that came to mind as I worked on this message and it's an old familiar hymn it, it's, it's I am thine O Lord. The second verse is what I I uh, had in mind and it says consecrate me now to thy service Lord by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope and my will be lost in thine. And the chorus is, draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. As we remember Jesus and Jesus's mission in the earth. It never changed, and it hasn't changed to this day. He just passed it on to us, and that's to do the Father's will. Amen. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you.